Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre here in the UK. Each episode is a recording of the Bible message that would normally be shared during the Sunday worship service. While we are unable to meet together for worship, we will publish our podcasts at 10am every Sunday morning and you can also see daily videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen now we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. Nowadays big news travels fast so they say. So much so that communications departments and media outlets have certain stories that are already prepared and ready to roll at a moment's notice. The Prime Minister's press department found to their embarrassing cost a few weeks ago that prepared notices have to be released properly. When Boris, Johnson, when Boris Johnson's team released his words to congratulate Joe Biden on becoming the President-elect of the USA, eagle-eyed critics were able to spot the alternative congratulations for Donald Trump lying underneath the image. An article in The Garden earlier in the year that I read outlined the plans that are already in place for the time when Queen Elizabeth or the Duke of Edinburgh pass away. Code words will kick in. Meticulous pre-planned operations will come into being to tell the world the news. It will be done in such a way that it will not be deemed fake. And the announcement will be trusted completely. I understand why media departments do this. Certain announcements will most certainly be needed. But when the timing comes, well, no one knows. In the Christmas story, the heavenly PR department was all ready to go. Plans for Jesus' birth had been known all along. It had a divine seal of approval. The angelic supernatural beings were to be delivers of the message. And yet what happened? It was a very quiet announcement. It was certainly an announcement that would require trust on the part of the hearers. In biblical days, if you were wealthy enough to own your own livestock, it was probable that you wouldn't have looked after them yourself. To be able to afford large flocks would also mean that you would be able to hire farmhands to look after them. Most shepherds or teams of shepherds were hired hands. And in the main, they did not have a very good reputation at all. They were often left for months in the countryside surrounding towns and cities. They were unsupervised and so they were able to do whatever they wanted to do, which included, believe it or not, mischievous behaviour. If you look at Jesus' own teaching, he comments on the reputation of shepherds. We all are very familiar with Jesus' words in John chapter 10 when he speaks about himself being the good shepherd. But listen to this observation Jesus makes about other shepherds, the reputation of the common shepherd. John chapter 10. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. 
So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock and attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. This is Jesus' observation about shepherds. So their reputation was quite common. If Jesus is making these kind of observations in one of his own teaching sessions, this is the kind of people that they were. Shepherds weren't to be trusted. And so for God to entrust his announcement regarding the Messiah's birth with them was a very, very bold step indeed. From the account we have of the incident here in Luke's Gospel, they're not actually told they must directly go to Bethlehem. Do you remember? They were just told that they would find. They weren't saying, go and you will find. They were simply told, you will find. Once the angels depart, they have to make the decision. They have to decide how they are going to respond. Thankfully, what they see on that day when the angels appear, they believe. And in trustful obedience, they go off to find the Messiah. I wonder what it would have been like had it have been different. What if they'd have decided something else? What if that hadn't been their decision? In one of his books, the American Methodist preacher, Dr. Clovis Chapel, imagines what it would have been like if they'd have acted differently. And so he writes a little passage, a little thought, a little work of fiction, as though he'd been one of the shepherds. He'd been young on that day. And that first Christmas night. But now he was old and he had children of his own. And he had one of his children sat on his knee. And he tells the story like this. A long, long time ago when I was little more than a boy, I was out on the Judean hills. One night with some other shepherds keeping watch over the flock. And the angel of the Lord came upon us, and the glory of the Lord shone round about us. And we were sore afraid. But the angel said, Fear not, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And you shall find the babe in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. At that point, the old man's lips stopped moving. There was a silence. The little grandson sat on his knee, turned to granddad, and with wide, puzzled eyes, looked into his grandfather's face and says, But granddad, is that all? What did you do when you heard the good news? What was, the, what, what, was it what the angel said really true? Was the Christ child ever really born? The old shepherd sadly shakes his white head and answers, I never knew. I never went to see. Some say it's all a myth. Others say they found him in the light of God, the power of life. But for me, whilst my friends went, 
I could never be quite sure, so I never did go. Clovis Chapel there is writing an act of fiction. He's trying to get into the imagination of a shepherd who probably didn't go. How would it have panned out had the shepherds not visit? But thankfully, we know that is not what happened. When the angels left, the shepherds didn't decide they were going to stay there. They decided to move. They probably looked at each other with a dazed expression on their face. They maybe discussed it a little bit, shall we? What was all that about? What did you make of that? Have you ever seen anything like that before? What should we do? Hmm. Well, we can't really leave the sheep, can we? Yeah, we can. But what if the owner finds out we've left his sheep? We can't take them with us. Oh, come on, let's go. You can imagine the discussion that was going on. There was a decision to make, and they made it. The shepherds acted on what they heard. They went to see the babe they were told about. You know, one of the things that we overlook in the whole of the Christmas story is this wooden trough called a manger. If you're shepherds and you've been told to go to Bethlehem to find a babe in swaddling clothes, I'm guessing that that night in Bethlehem, Jesus was not the only babe in swaddling clothes. I reckon there were plenty of other newborn babies probably in that town because they'd all had to go back for censors. So how on earth would these shepherds know that babe in swaddling clothes from that babe in swaddling clothes or in the street there, that babe in swaddling clothes? It was simple. It was in this wooden feeding trough because what did the angels say? You will find a babe in swaddling clothes in a manger. There might have been lots of other babies in swaddling clothes in Bethlehem that night, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there weren't any others sat in an animal feeding trough. I'm pretty sure they were nicely wrapped with mum and dad in some place of warmth. And so actually, this feeding trough and this baby in a feeding trough was significant. What were these guys asked to do? They were asked to trust a story that, let's frankly, was bizarre. It was quite bizarre. They get this shining light on the hillside whilst they're doing what they've always never seen anything like it in their lives before. They're told to go find a baby, one of many, and the only way they'll know they've found the real one is because it will be in an animal's feeding trough. And that's the information on which they've got to decide. And yet they do. They trusted a story that was quite bizarre. The sight of the manger was confirmation that their trust hadn't been misplaced. And do you know what? The sight of the shepherds was also confirmation to someone else who'd been trusting that day. And that was the trusting husband. Joseph, for nine months, he'd not had loads of people coming up to him every week saying, yeah, your wife, she is, she's really pregnant with the Messiah. No, 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 no. 
he had to rely on just one experience of being told that this was what was happening. And like the shepherds, based upon one encounter, he had to trust. We know something of his journey. We know how he'd reached the point of trust. But up until this point, this whole Son of God, virgin birth news, was his secret and her secret. They weren't shouting it from the rooftops. They weren't having it trialed and tested. They'd kept it a secret. And then suddenly, these shepherds burst into this stable where they've had this baby to confirm the truth of the situation. I wonder if that guy's little heart just... Oh, okay. Somebody else has had a bizarre message here. And this just backs up everything we have been told here. I'm guessing for this trusting husband, this was quite a relief. You see, Joseph wasn't being asked to just do short-term trust. This trusting was for the long term. This little boy born miraculously to his wife, would need love and care for years to come. His marital relationship with Mary was for life. He'd been asked to trust what the angel had said to him for the rest of his life. And up until this point, there'd been little to confirm or support what had been asked of him. Little. And then these trusting rogues turn up. And in they walk... I wonder how we would have responded. We might think that we would certainly respond if angels came to us, wouldn't we? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think if we'd have been shepherd on that hillside, as soon as the angels had left, we'd have looked around to see if anybody else actually saw this, just in case we were having a hallucination. Then we might have debated with everybody else. What really happened there? What on earth was all that about? Are we going bonkers here? What should we do? Will they believe us if we go tell this story in town? They'll think we've been on the the vino, won't they? Could we really afford to leave the sheep? Our livelihood depends on this. If these sheep get nicked, we're in trouble. What happens if our owner, our master, finds out? He might do whatever he wants. What if we were mistaken about what we've just seen and what we thought we heard? Can we rerun that? Has anybody got it on video? Can we rerun that again? Just to check. No, we can't. And after much debate, we might have actually decided to stay where we were too. You see, on many times in our life, we talk ourselves out of acting in faith. We do. It's just too bizarre, and we talk ourselves out of acting in faith. Today we've been reminded of the trust shown by the shepherds and Joseph, and today the message is this. Thankfully, God's people still trust. May our spirit, may our spirit be like theirs. May we ever believe implicitly. May we ever act promptly and wait for nothing 
when what is required is quite clear. You see, when we act in trust like this, we too get the reward that the shepherds got. These rogues got to see God in the flesh before anybody else other than husband and wife. The journey that's begun in faith will often end in praise. So today, are you going to be a truster? Are you going to be a person who embarks on journeys in faith? Or are you going to be one of those who talks yourself out of that act of faith because it just all seems a bit much or a bit too bizarre? These guys trusted. They trusted to the point that they made a trip to fall down at the feet of the light of the world and to declare him to be their God. That's what trusting people do. We fall at the feet of the light of the world and declare him to be our God. And so this morning, as we consider, I wonder where your trust is at today. I wonder where your trust is at today. I've asked Stephanie and Gaff to just lead us in a time where we can just reflect on this. Where we can just, like the shepherds, come in trust to the feet of he who is the light of the world. To just bow down and worship again, because that act of bowing and worship is an act of trust. And so as they sing to us this morning, perhaps you'd just want to consider your trust today. Can it be said of you that God's people still trust?
God, this morning we've come to consider this whole idea that his people still trust. We've looked at the story of two groups of people, shepherds on a hillside, faced with something they'd never seen before, asked to trust a message, asked to go to Bethlehem to find a little baby in a manger. And it could have been so easy for them not to trust And yet they did. And we're aware of the story of Joseph. He'd been asked to trust an awful lot. He'd been asked to try and get his head around something that was just quite incredible. And we're quite sure there must have been days of doubt. And yet, he too was a man who trusted. And so their example this morning just makes us ask again, This makes us look again at our own trust in you, our own ability to acknowledge you as our Lord and Saviour, who we worship. And so this day, we simply pray, may our spirit be like the shepherds and Joseph. May we ever believe implicitly, act promptly, wait for nothing when what is required is clear. 
And when we act in trust, may we know the wonderful presence that only you can bring. For you indeed are the light of our world. There is none like you. And this morning, we present ourselves here to worship, to bow down, to say in trust that you are our God. May it always be so. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.